This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Talking Business Now. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. Every successful entrepreneur knows that it takes a team to achieve company greatness. But there's no denying that being an entrepreneur also means being fiercely self-reliant. Our guest on this episode of Talking Business Now is small business marketing expert John Jantz. In a departure from his previous five books on marketing, in his latest work, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur, 366 Daily Meditations to Feed Your Soul and Grow Your Business, Jantz taps into the wisdom of 19th century transcendentalist literature and his own 30-year entrepreneurial journey to create a daily guide that entrepreneurs can use to create a deeper relationship with their own entrepreneurial journey. Jantz shows how entrepreneurs can learn to trust their ideas and overcome the doubt and fear of everyday challenges. Stay tuned. We're talking business now with John Jantz, a business owner for nearly 30 years and the best-selling author of Duct Tape Marketing, The Referral Engine, and several other books. He's a well-known and well-respected expert on marketing whose books have been translated into 10 languages, and his writing appears often in Inc., Entrepreneur, and Southwest, the magazine. In this episode of Talking Business Now, John talks with us about his latest book, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. Welcome, John. It's always great to get to chat with you and to have you back on the show. Hey, Kelly. And, I, you know, you mentioned that I've uh, been an entrepreneur entrepreneur for 30 years, and I think that you've kind of almost paralleled that journey with me. <laughs> yes, I, I think that we have. I think we've no, both known each other uh, ever since we both started our businesses. So it, it's been fun to watch you write these books and to uh, enjoy the success that you have. But this mm. book, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur, is really a departure for you. It's a different kind of book. So tell us about that and what made you want to write it. Yeah, it's a very different book. Um, my, this is actually my sixth book, and uh, the, the previous five have all been squarely in the uh, realm of small business marketing. Um, I, I have, as you noted, uh, owned my own business for about 30 years, and I, I just really kind of came to the point where I wanted to write something different, and, I, and, and ultimately I wanted to write something where I could share my point of view about my entrepreneurial journey. But Rather than just me saying, here's what I did, right. um, I, I, I really wanted to write something that I felt could be inspirational, that could be a, a practice rather than a how-to, more of a kind of why-to. And so I mined a, a vein of literature that uh, is very, I think it's very important to me, but I think it's also some of the best entrepreneurial writing that's ever been been done, even though maybe it wasn't done <laughs> um, 
you know, as entrepreneurial writing. And that's yeah, a, for that a, purpose. A vein of li- yeah. yeah, it's a vein of literature from about the 1840s through the 1860s. Um, a lot of people call some of the writers in that period or they were labeled as, as transcendentalists. But essentially what they were doing was it was kind of the first countercultural movement in America. Um, there were a lot of writers and a lot of even the fiction that came out in that period of time um, were, were you know, when you think about where we were at that time in history, we were on the cusp of the Civil War. Uh, women were, were marching in the streets to try to get the, the, the right to vote. Uh, we were trying to abolish slavery. There were, a lot, there were a lot of kind of religious upheavals. So a lot of the writing that came from that period was really encouraging people, maybe for the first time, to, hey, you, you need to think for yourself. Don't let the government tell you what to do. Don't let your party, don't let your preacher you know, tell mm-hmm. you what to do. You've got everything you need to make the decisions that are right for you. And boy, if that doesn't sound like entrepreneurial advice, <laughs> you know, I don't know what is. And yeah, so, the parallels uh, are uncanny. So, so I went and, and you know, and a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs, I, you see, you know, on Pinterest and Instagram quotes from Emerson and Thoreau. And, you know, it, I think a lot of entrepreneurs already kind of relate to some of the, the literature that came out of that period. But when I dug in uh, and, and started researching the, the hundreds of writers in that period and some of the, their works, you know, and it's all works that we were all asked to read in high school and in college, you know, Walden and the Scarlet Letter and Moby Dick, uh, Little Women. Um, there was a thread that ran through all of them. They all kind of had this self-reliant voice. You know, even the protagonists, uh, you know, Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer, you know, were very uh, self-reliant individuals. Definitely. And, 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 and I don't think anybody, I don't think we've seen literature like that, you know, since that period of time. So what I did is I, after doing months of research, I, da- I, I wrote a, a, a book that is 366 daily entries. So it's, you know, January 1st, January 2nd, January 3rd. Uh, you're going to find a new page for every day. Why are there page 366, starts- though, John? Well, because leap year. Ah, okay, so you have one? to you have to always have that bonus in there. All right. Imagine if you were born on February 29th and you turned the book, the page in this book, and there was your birthday wasn't there. So Good point. Uh, so, yeah. So it's a, if it's not a leap year, it's just a bonus page. But uh, um, it, it, every page has a, a reading that, that I you know, researched and found and thought was, was just apropos for the entrepreneurial journey. Um, and then I, you know, maybe contextualize it, make it relevant for, you know, my experience. Um, and then I end you uh, every day with uh, what I call a challenge question. And it's meant to the, – the book's actually meant to kind of, you know, work as a, almost a meditative practice or, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs today, uh, you know, meditate or journal in the morning or, you know, have some sort of uh, routine to kind of get themselves centered for the day. And so it's kind of meant to fit into that uh, type of, of routine. Uh, but it, it, you know, it's a two minute read every day and uh, you know, hopefully kind of give you something to, to really chew on for the day. You said you wanted to write something different than just your entrepreneurial journey. You wanted something that was inspirational. And I would say, that it's even, after looking through the book, that it's even more than inspirational. It's that, but there's some stickiness to it because of the challenge question that you present every day. If you really take that seriously, reflect on it, and then try to embody your answer, you're going to have significant change over the course of the year. So so there's some transformation, which I know we're talking about the transcendentalists, so not trying yeah. to be weird there. But yeah, there, there will be some transformation that will have taken place at the end of, well, even before 365 days, but certainly after a year, you'll see a difference in yourself. 
Yeah, I, and, and it's interesting. I've, I don't know that I re- like a lot of things. You realize them in hindsight, but I feel like I actually grew a lot <laughs> in writing this. Because I'm sure. The, the amount of time I spent focused not only on researching and reading the source material that I used, but then putting myself in that place, you know, every day. In fact, it's kind of exhausting. You know, I, I told you I've written, uh, as you know, uh, several other books, and and I also have a day job. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so a, a lot of times, uh, you know, in writing those on, on a weekend, I, you know, I might be able to bang out 10, 15,000 words. But this book, even though um, there are 366 pages to write, you know, each page was very compact. And, and I feel like there was meant to at least be a lot of depth. And Kelly, you're a, an editor and writer. It's actually much harder to write 200 words on point than it is to write 2,000 words. No sometimes. question. No question. <laughs> but And as you said, you curated so many writers and then so many passages from those writers. After a while, I mean, you must have had a great tracking system because after a while, so many of them had to start sounding the same. So what themes were you looking for as you curated the passages that you chose? Yeah, so I, I did, and, and maybe it was a structural device, but it was also a, an organizational device for me. But um, I uh, contend that there's there's kind of four seasons in the entrepreneurial life, um, and, and they don't necessarily happen in a year or even in order. <laughs> you come back to them a lot of times, but but I think there are, you know, when we're kind of planning our idea, when we're, you know, trying to formulate and, and, and you know, kind of figure out what we're going to do, that's, that's obviously the first phase. And then we go out there and kind of discover, you know, does this work? Do people like this? Am I passionate about it? Um, and, and a lot of times that leads then to uh, what I call evolving or the third stage, which is when we're now saying we're seeing some success or we're seeing some failure or we're seeing mm-hmm. the need to have to change dramatically and, 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 you know, some resilience, uh, you know, needs to come in. And I think when people fight through, through that and, uh, those three phases, you know, we ultimately kind of get to the, the, the last phase that I call uh, growing. And, and that's where we're, I think, trying to seek like, what, what difference am I making? You know, what, what impact has you know, this, you know, brought to the world. Um, and so I've organized, you know, it's an, it's an annual book, you know, 12 months. And so I kind of organized first around those four seasons. And then every month actually has a very specific theme word. That doesn't mean that you overtly read every passage that month and think, oh, he's talking about love here or creativity or freedom. Uh, but I kind of gave it that in, in my search for, uh, you know, curating and organizing the material. So, you know, after that, it's just a giant spreadsheet with a bunch of tabs. And, and of course, you know, I, I probably, you know, there are 366 entries I used and I probably had 450 or so to draw from. So, you know, that part of it um, was a six month project by itself. Oh, I can believe that. Now that you've described the book, how it's organized and how it can be used, would you do me a favor and read today's entry, September 18th? I will. I will. So we're recording this on September 18th. And so that's the one we're going to do. So as I said, it starts with a title, then the reading from um, the source literature, then some 100, 150 words from me, and then a challenge question. So September 18th, find your gifts. And this is uh, um, a a poem or part of a poem from uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. But the great master said, I see no best in kind, but in degree. I gave a various gift to each to charm, to strengthen and to teach. These are the three great chords of might. And he whose ears tuned aright 
will hear no discord in the three, but the most perfect harmony. That's Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. It's called The Singers. So poetry is kind of hard to understand for a lot of people. I know that it was hard for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and from that period, too, yeah. <laughs> so here's the full context of what goes into The Singers. Um, there are three musicians, and people can't figure out which one is the best. So the great master assures them that they are all different for different reasons. And if you listen with that in mind, all you can hear is the most perfect harmony. Okay, so now I'm going to reread the stanza because I think you might find it a little more lyrical. But the great master said, I see, no best in kind but in degree. I gave a various gift to each, to charm, to strengthen, and to teach. There are the three great chords of might, and he whose ear is tuned aright will hear no discord in the three, but the most perfect harmony. So how do you find harmony in a world of difference? How do you find yourself and your place in the band? Or to quote Deepak Chopra, there are no extra pieces in the universe. Everyone is here because he or she has a place to fill and every piece must fit itself into the big jigsaw puzzle. Your values, the things that mean the most to you in life right now are the keys to understanding your gifts. The musicians in Longfellow's poem employed their gifts to charm, to strengthen and to teach. How about you? journal. Get alone. Ask your three closest friends. Don't sweat it. As long as you're actively looking, your gifts will find you. So your challenge question for today. When was the last time you got lost in the present and time disappeared? What were you doing? So all you listeners out there, that's a pretty meaty question. Uh, it, it, I know that feeling, though, and, and it's exhilarating when you can get to that space where you look up and three, four, five hours have passed and you didn't even realize it because you were having so much fun about what you were doing. It's, it's a great feeling. And, and the key to that, of course, feeling is you weren't worrying about what happened yesterday or what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. You're that, so focused. You know. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's, there are many entries in this book, as, as many of the authors of that time were some of the first people really uh, clamoring for this idea of mindfulness, you know, of being in present moment. And, and I tell you, one of the things that, that I would stop and chuckle uh, so many times when I'd be reading a passage and I, and I would say, you know, how was that written 150 years ago? <laughs> you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. That, is, that is, you know, they're talking about yesterday, right? And, and I, think it, I think it's just testament to the fact that the, the human condition hasn't changed so much, even though, you know, we believe it has. No, it really hasn't. But more than ever now, mindfulness is so yeah. important because we are bombarded every day, every hour, with so many different messages. Uh, you're in marketing. That's obviously something that you're aware of. And, and you know, squirrel, 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 you know, shiny bright objects um, everywhere. And so to be able to find something that you are passionate enough about, that you have a gift for, that you can get lost in it and exclude all of those distractions, that, that is a wonderful place to be. Yeah, no question. And, and it's something that, you know, it takes intention. It takes reminding yourself, you know, it takes goofy things like setting your alarm, you know, on your watch or, or something, because it's so easy to just really get drug into the unimportant, into the easy, into the, you know, the distraction. I mean, you know, Thoreau wrote about, uh, you know, the clamor of business in, in, you know, things in Walden. And, it, you know, it sounded to me like he was writing about Facebook um, you know, <laughs> right. because, you know, because that's just, you know, that's just today's, you know, source of distraction. 
Yeah. Let's talk about being a self-reliant entrepreneur. And I'm, I'm going to put a little bit of a twist on the question here because I see uh, almost a disconnect in a couple of things. So self-reliance, you are uh, dependent on yourself. I, I love your book dedication to the makers, founders, owners, startups, side hustlers, entrepreneurs, and entrepreneurs everywhere who courageously choose to insist on themselves. So that self-reliance to ignore others, uh, drown all those voices that are trying to drown out your ideas and, and uh, play with your confidence, drown them out, listen to your own inner voice. Uh, but at the same time, the uh, people who are writing in that period often talked about a oneness with yep. nature and with other fellow human beings. So, so how do you marry that, the self-reliance with the united messages of unity uh, and oneness yeah. that they also wrote about? Yeah, so there's there's a, a little bit of a danger of just taking this idea of self-reliance to mean that, you know, just depend on yourself. I mean, if you Google the term self-reliance, you're going to find, you know, some websites that teach you how to build your own house and render a pig and you know, <laughs> do all the things that, you know, you won't have to, you know, you'll, you never have to talk to another human being. Um, and you're, you're spot on. And I'm so glad that you brought this up because there, there are many uh, um, passages where I talk about this idea that we are all connected. Um, and I think that, I, I, you know, I personally believe this and, you know, buyer beware, there's, the, the, there is a spiritual component to this book. Um, you know, I personally believe that we are all connected. I've seen it in business countless times where um, something showed up when I needed it. Um, somebody, you know, showed up and, you know, gave me something that I needed because I had, give something, I had given something to somebody else, right. you know, who, who needed it. And that, you know, I think we, we've probably all at some level, if you've been in business at all, experienced, you know, a little bit of that, you know, whether you recognized what it was or not. And so um, the transcendentalists, a lot of the writers in this period certainly were, were heavily influenced by some of the original kind of Eastern, you know, mystic traditions, which, you know, very much had that idea of, you know, we're, we're, you know, all connected in, you know, some sort of, you know, fashion. And, and what that says to me is that, you know, the, 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 the degree of self-reliance is to trust that you're enough that you have enough, that your place here, you know, is to do something unique. Um, and that um, this connection to, you know, everyone, you know, allows us to find, you know, the place in which we fit in. But I think it also, I think it also suggests heavily uh, a degree of empathy. So you, you develop a self-trust that, you know, that, that you are worthy, that you have enough, that you need to not try to control all the outcomes. But you also have to have a, a level of empathy. If we're going to agree that we're all connected, um, then, you know, somebody who we may violently disagree with, you know, today mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is somehow connected to, you know, our path and our, our journey. And so maybe we ought to actually use that connection to try to understand more about who they are and, and what they think and how they feel. And, you, you know, more than once, Kelly, I've been talking about, I think the self-reliant entrepreneur, you know, is going to maybe um, help us kind of reunite um, at this place where I feel like, you know, I, I think there's a lot of parallels where we are today in society and, and culture. 
um, and certainly politically, as to where we maybe were in 1840, 1850, calling it a movement. movement. I think the self, self-reliant entrepreneurs, you know, unite to, to save the world. <laughs> okay. All right. So so all of you who are listening, uh, you know, you, you have your marching orders. You talked about <laughs> mindfulness, you know, the meditation, mm-hmm. the solitude. Yep. And those have, when even saying those words, you start to feel peaceful. Even as you yeah. utter, you even as you utter them, you start to feel peaceful. But there's also a part of entrepreneurship that is a struggle. That yeah. uh, you know, it's not it's not an exaggeration to say that entrepreneurs have internal demons. They're so driven. <laughs> um, yep. So. How does the book address those, you know, fear, failure, fatigue, burnout? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think it really starts with the kind of in the first phase. You know, uh, the second phase, I talk a lot about, you know, developing your passion and purpose. And, you know, how many works are out there now that, you know, start with your why, develop your, you know, your purpose, love what you do. Uh, you know, so that it's not work. Um, and everybody's, a lot of people at least struggle with that idea. You know, they want to sit down and go, I'm, you know, in the next hour, I'm going to decide what my purpose in life is. Um, and I don't think that you'll ever get to that point until you trust yourself so fully <laughs> that you're able to actually uh, go out and experience life with an eye on finding your purpose. Um, that you're able to let go of trying to control the outcome of that sales call or that meeting or, mm-hmm. you know, that, that product launch and do, you know, you trust that you're doing your best work. You're doing what seems and feels right to you and let the universe take care of how, how it turns out because there's, you know, there's no point in trying to control things we have no control over. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think that the most stress as an entrepreneur comes from. Um, now, this takes work. This takes practice. This has taken me years, you know, to, to get to that point. Um, I think I benefited, um, as, as many people don't, I mean, a lot of times, you know, how many of us have had uh, teachers and unfortunately parents even that have told us, you know, that's a dumb idea. You, you know, you're not good enough. You know, you'll never amount to anything. Um, and, and I think that puts some people at a disadvantage. That's where some of the, the demons in their, in their head, you know, come from, um, and, and, you know, stick around for a long time. I, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I benefited, I have seven brothers and two sisters. Um, and when you've got 10 kids, you know, you better have parents who think everything's just going to work out, whether or, not they know, <laughs> whether or not they have the answer to how it's going to work out or not. Um, and so I think I benefited from, from parents as, as an example that, you know, that really, kind of allowed me to, to, you know, have that point of view, even if I didn't know how things were going to work out. Um, I, I always had a sense they would. Um, and that's a, you know, that's a trait that uh, I think entrepreneurs, you know, need to develop. There's, there's tons of research, you know, in, in this whole space of, of, you know, positive thinking and, 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 you know, whatever you want to call it that, um, that suggests that resilience, you know, the ability to, to, to kind of say, okay, that one thing happened, but, you know, it's not because I'm a terrible person that that happened. That was just, you know, one specific thing. Um, and I'm going to learn from it. And we're going to go out there again. I mean, the most successful entrepreneurs, you know, always have this kind of trait of, of resilience. So, so I think that, you know, that's why I kind of chose this format. And I know that there are, you know, other people that have done this kind of daily devotional uh, format. You know, I have uh, a, a good friend, Ryan Holiday, has done the Daily Stoic. I personally have been a fan for years of the Daily Drucker, uh, Peter Drucker's mm-hmm. uh, uh, work, and sure. so 
I, the value I think in this kind of thing is that that you know this is not a book that you're you're not going to read through this um, and go okay I'm self reliant now I mean this is a bu- <laughs> uh, this is a book that is going to offer some ideas that if you think about if you practice if you uh, do it on a daily you know habitual uh, way you're going to start seeing incremental improvements or you know the first the first thing that typically happens is you're going to start witnessing wow. I did really get stressed out about that thing that I couldn't control. Maybe I'll try a different approach next time. I mean, that's, that's obviously, you know, the first thing to do because so much of what we do when we walk out the door as entrepreneurs and then the world hits us in the face, you know, so much of what we do is to react based on our history, react right. based on our past back, react on how we think things are going to turn out because, Hey, they always turn out like that for me. Um, and, and when we can stop, you know, that sort of, conditioned response and at least start to think, Hey, look what I did here. You know, did that serve me well? Um, then, you know, that's when we can start healing, I think, and, and start, uh, bringing joy and happiness back into what we're doing. I mean, that, that to me is the saddest thing that I see quite often is I think owning your own business, being an entrepreneur is the greatest, most freeing, you know, option available to, to everyone in the world. Um, and yet I see a lot of people that, that are doing it with, you know, no joy and, and no happiness. Um, and I think that um, part of, you know, part of what this book is trying to suggest is that, you know, maybe there's a, a different definition of success um, and, and maybe, you know, seeking um, sort of internal joy and happiness is, is actually <laughs> the goal. Um, and we'll see what happens, you know, when it comes to revenue and when it comes to, you know, other, what other people call success. Uh, but maybe the, the first goal ought to be, you know, how can we be more joyful and, and happier in what we're doing? Yeah. And, you know, you, as you said, at the end of 365, 366 entries, you're not going to just wake up on that last day and go, I am now self-reliant. This is a book about becoming. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's a constant yeah. becoming. It's even yeah. after the 365, 366 entries, you don't stop. It's something that is a constant. And so so it is a book about becoming and that finding that joy in life. I, I as you mentioned, we've known each other for probably 30 years. Uh, I'd have to stop and really think about when it was, but a long time. And I know you, you love Colorado, you love to be out in nature. And you find joy in nature. So so what are your tips? How is nature? How does nature serve as an example of how to live that joyful life that you've been talking about? Well, and and again, you know, part of the reason I love this body of work is that that was a theme that ran through, you know, so many of uh, the writers in that period. I mean, Thoreau, of course, is so well known for Walden and, and, uh, you know, has kind of become the poster child for, you know, conservation. Um, Emerson had a, a, uh, an, an essay titled nature. I mean, so it's, it's something that, you know, I grew up in a rural community and, you know, we would go out, especially during the summer, we'd go out and, you know, in the morning, you know, out to the woods and the creek and uh, my mom would ring a bell and we'd come in for lunch and then she'd ring a bell again and we'd come in for dinner. And, you know, so I think I, I grew up just really in that. And, and you as had far your own as little example, Walden's Pond, we, kind of. we, we really did. We had a couple ponds on there and a creek that ran through it. Um, and, and I think that, I think that as you start reading, particularly some of the nature literature, you know, it's not much of a stretch for me, you know, to, to, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a bunch of lodgepole pines out my window right now, and I don't see any of them that is striving to do anything. 
Um, they are doing what they were naturally, you know, put on this uh, earth to do, mm-hmm. you know, from seed to the time they're 100 feet tall. They are they are basically just serving their purpose. They're not trying to grow. They just grow. Um, and I think that that, you know, again, a lot of people can start you know, saying that's getting a little woo woo, you know, with this kind of stuff. But, uh, but I think there's so many things in nature that are just perfect that, you know, that are completely balanced, that are completely harmonized. Um, and, and so I think we can learn from that example, but there is also something physical for me. I mean, if I go out and sit under one of those trees, I'm just naturally restored. I mean, I just feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that this whole sort of mind, body, spirit, connection that also runs through this uh, vein of literature, you know, I think, I think you can see it in very practical ways, you know, when, when you get in, you know, outside of the city um, and you get in, you know, fresh air and you get in the mountains and you get, you know, a sitting under a tree. I mean, I think there is a restorative nature to that, but I, I think there's also, um, I don't, I just don't, for me, it's not, you know, if we're going to say we're all connected, I think we're connected to the trees and the birds and, and mm-hmm. the flowers as, sure. as, as well. So, you know, that to me is is how the whole sort of global picture fits together. Yeah. And, and you know, just to tie this, you know, back into business just a bit, the... Uh, the advice that you get a lot is uh, quit working on all of the little details. That's what you hired your folks to do. Look at the right. big picture. Take that time to uh, focus on on the big goals of your business, and and that's where your growth comes. And so it's very similar to the uh, experience you just described on a personal level to that restorative uh, kind of experience. And, and it's true for your business, too. You've got to take the time to do that. So, John, I know this book is is very, very new. Where can we get copies of the book? Well, so the book will be available uh, anywhere that uh, you buy uh, books. I'm, you know, a big supporter of that independent bookstore. Um, you know, Rainy Day Books in Kansas City is one of my favorites. Um, but uh, you can certainly find it uh, at on the, all the online booksellers as well. Uh, those the Kindle version if you're one of those kind of people, and uh, there will be an audio version as well. So if you enjoyed my reading today, <laughs> you can you can listen to me 366 <laughs> times uh, in, in audio book uh, version, uh, which which I do know that there are people that that's just their favorite way to consume and, and learn. So uh, all those formats will be available. I want to give you a plug for your duct tape marketing and your yeah. other books. Where can people go to find out more about your marketing services and your other books? Sure. So it's just uh, ducttapemarketing.com, and that's D-U-C-T-T-A-P-E marketing.com, and you'll pretty much find everything there. I, too, have a, a, a podcast as well that I've been doing and enjoying for years, and uh, you'll have uh, lots and lots of content there as, as well. Yeah, John has great content, and it's easy to digest, and it's easy to put to work pretty quickly, too. You have um, one of my favorite things. Are you still doing it? Are you still doing the weekly uh, finds? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. So, so, yeah, um, I've been doing that for about 10 years, and I, I basically just find you know three tools or three resources and just very, very briefly say, hey, here's my weekly faves. And, um, and you're not alone, Kelly. That's the that's the the feature that I get the most feedback on. <laughs> yeah, so go out to his website, sign up for all of the those things, because as I said, you can put them to work right away. They're very valuable. And then hit Amazon.com, get a copy in whatever form you like of The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. John, it's always wonderful to have you on the show. Thanks so much and good luck with the book.
Great catching up, Kelly. Thanks. Take care. And I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. I appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Talking Business Now. If you'd like to suggest podcast guests or topics, or to subscribe to the Talking Business Now newsletter or podcast, please visit my website at interrobangsolutions.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-R-O-B-A-N-G solutions.com. Interrobangsolutions.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.